0: On Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COV
1: is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance.
0: Well, hello, hello. You are listening to the COV podcast here at Ausbiz. It is July the 13th. It's a Wednesday. I'm your host today, David Scott, joined by Carl Rotter. Carl, a uh, bit of a meandering session. Not a lot of corporate news. Not a lot of headlines has got to be said as well. But uh, that's all going to change over the next 24 hours or so.
1: Yeah, you'd hope so. I mean, the last two days have been pretty flat, not too, uh, not too exciting for commentators like us. But um, you know, not even the RBNZ could bring any fire to the to the day. Actually, normally they're um, good for a, a shock or two, but did what they were expected. Largely, kind of toned things down a little bit and. Yeah, we wait for that US CPI data, I suppose, to um, hopefully tell us a little bit more about future Fed policy and which way the markets might be
0: heading. Yeah. Adrian, shock and bore. It's <laughs> oh, <forget to> a <laughs> o- shock and awe. At, uh, yeah, Shock See, and bore today. Doing it for three hours in the corner there today. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> yeah I, I was looking at it. Uh, and it was almost like a carbon copy of the previous uh, statement. Uh, mm. I find that remarkable. Just looking at some of the economic data that's coming through from New Zealand at the moment, uh, it's getting terrible and i'm very much of the view that where the housing market goes activity is going to go and follow and inflationary forces and i cannot believe that the rbnz is still talking about you know the most appropriate path when it comes to policy settings is uh, the cash rate to go to four and a half for about four percent by the end of the cycle that's still another 150 basis points to go and it Pretty rapidly slowing uh, economy. It's already contracted in the f- in the March quarter. What do you make about some of this focus we've got of central banks at the moment? That's still just blinkers on all about inflation, and everything else seems to be crumbling around it.
1: Well, I mean, maybe part of it's just you know don't mention the war. That could be um, an element. But I, I think for me, I, I've mentioned it a few times on the show. It's all about expectations and this fear that expectations will become unanchored. And there's this kind of really interesting debate when it comes to monetary policies to the role expectations actually play. And there was that famous Jeremy Rudd, well, now famous Jeremy Mar- Rudd, um, uh, research piece, I guess you could call it, talking about the expectation or um, analysing the expectations channel um, last year from, from one of the regional feds. I can't remember which one. He was saying that it's you know effectively BS and that the expectations channel doesn't have a great deal of influence over things. But to counter that too, there was a BIS research uh, piece of research that says it does. Anyway, the long story short is that they're so, so worried about this wage-price spiral and the notion that expectations could become unanchored that I think they're blinkered to everything else and that's all that matters for them right now. And if... It crushes the economy economy along the way. Then, then so bad. Um, as, as long as um, again those inflation expect, expectations stay in line.
0: Yeah. Well, I've had a big swing in the newsletter today. You sure too I'll uh, go and have a read about that. Give me uh, any feedback, uh, positive or negative. But uh, I think they're just walking into yet another policy error. Uh, Made a big one, keeping our policy way too uh, easy for a long period of time last year. And we're paying the uh, other consequences right now. I can just feel another one. And this one's going to be equally as painful, if not more, when it involves people's livelihoods and the like, hopefully... I uh, know some uh, common sense prevails, at least from my perspective. Look, uh, the part of the reason why we're talking about these macro events uh, is uh, no, that not really anyone's willing to go too much uh, and do very much on the markets at the moment because there is so much trepidation about how aggressive central banks may not be. You, know, you mentioned uh, the local market today. Just meandering higher, uh, late flurry, but maybe a bit of a squaring up ahead of these uh, risk events tonight, including the CPI in the States. But yeah, no real rhyme or reason, is there? And uh, approaching uh, reporting season, blackout season is also uh, upon us. So there's not a lot out there besides macro uh, here, there and everywhere.
1: No, and I mean, I was talking to Mark Gardner this afternoon from Macro Capital about it, and uh, he very eloquently Something's up as you know, wait and see after the end of our conversation, which we you know zigzag from US CPI tonight to interest rate policy from the Fed to earnings season out of the United States to earnings season in Australia to whether China can actually reopen its economy at the moment. We just have to wait to see some if some of that news really starts to reveal itself before investors want to, you know, take um take take risk in this market or at least, you know, make um make any sudden moves. So I mean I guess you could say that the the kind of growth narrative was um, playing out again today. We saw oil prices down last night, energy mm. got, you know, smacked again, material stocks were also weaker. But again it's it's all happening in a in a market that's overall Kind of treading water, and so I, I didn't see volumes, but I'm sure that I'm sure that they're still light. Yeah,
0: it was pretty quiet, and um, maybe that has something to do with uh, state of origin, of course, tonight <laughs> for uh, those <laughs> yeah, people on the, uh, the what do we call it, the eastern and uh, and northeastern states here in Australia, yeah. New South Wales, West Queensland. As a Victorian, do you do you care much?
1: I can't, I can't work out NRL yet. Rugby union, I'm getting the hang of, but NRL still can't, um, still can't work it out. Other I'll, than I'll tell you, If take you I've take you to ever a game. played the sport? I would be absolutely crushed. Wouldn't come out the other end of it. Oh, so man,
0: that's I'll take you to a game and try and explain the rules. There That'd be They're good. pretty simple. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, uh, look, uh, so of course, a lot of attention in that particular neck of the woods when it comes to uh, Suncorp Stadium later on tonight. But uh, we thought we'd go and get on the spirit of stock of origin. So we sat down today on the call, and the Dean was in the hot seat. And uh, we, she went and spoke with Henry Jennings from Marcus today and Andrew Veland from DP Wealth Advisory to go get their take about some of their favorite homegrown stocks. Take a listen. It's very much a hold for me at the moment. I can't get excited about it in terms of growth with the headwinds that we've got from the housing sector. And it does need to make up some uh, mileage in the mortgage market because it has struggled a little bit there. But on a yield basis, it doesn't look too bad. And uh, after that big fall, it may offer a little bit of value here. And we have seen the sector bounce.
1: So you know, we've got the reopening trade uh, underway, uh, corporate travel. Uh, according to Flight Centre is now around uh, back to 76% of where it was pre-pandemic, which I thought was pretty surprising. Uh, we're certainly seeing uh, lots of footage of Sydney and Melbourne and Brisbane. Or in fact, airports all around the world uh, under a fair bit of pressure at the moment because people are returning to travel. But uh, they are, in fact, now EBITDA positive. And although forecasting off for loss for this year, they do appear to be turning the corner. So to me, it is
0: a tentative buyer. Well, there you have it. I go through a variety of colours. Uh, My wardrobe during the course of the week, but, uh, I made sure I wore my my blues today. So go the blues out there. (laughs) That was the other view there on uh, Westpac and also Flight Center. Uh, Carl had some uh, great conversations on the program as usual today. Uh, One of those was with David Sikorsky. I had a chat with him from Carrara Capital, hedge fund manager. Of course, uh, yeah, good insights as to what uh, what to go and expect with this really rapidly changing macro environment and then how to go and play it through portfolio positioning as such. So take a listen to that one also. Uh, no, those who are interested in what's going on when it comes to the Chinese tech space had a quite a big rebound recently, uh, but a, no, a bit of pressure coming through regulatory fines. As such, again, uh, but not deterring John Blank from Zach's Investment Research. He went and, uh, had a chat with us today and gave us some names that he's buying in that space. Okay. Uh, look, uh, also Chad Patter with some Teleria Capital. So I was out as well today talking about uh, what uh, the interest rate impact will have on corporate earnings so we know that a lot of us out there are getting ready for uh, for earnings season in the States it's going to go kicking into gear really uh, later on in the next couple of days with the banks and then we'll get the other tech titans beyond that so plenty to go and digest in the newsletter today those uh, those videos are available through the show notes i think uh, all we've got probably left to go and talk about Carl, is uh, is tonight the cpi in the states uh we're looking for a year-on-year increase of 8.8 percent the core year-on-year rate is expected to go and, and moderate a little bit uh but still at very elevated levels what kind of expectation do you have around this event is it going to be volatile one way or another I mean, you would imagine so. I guess, you know, when you still see the move index
1: basically at post-pandemic highs, it tells you that the markets can't make its mind up about the path for inflation and therefore the path for policy. So that's as uh, good as I can potentially give you. But, um, I mean, what we, I think, have seen in the last few days in terms of rates, markets, pricing after that strong jobs report is... Again, increasing the bets that the Fed will have to up the ante as the year goes on, and I dropped it as a bit of you know trivia yesterday in the, the podcast, perhaps the day before that. You know, if you look at the Fed Watch tool, there's a there's a you know non-trivial risk of a hundred basis point hike from the Fed uh, at the July meeting. So uh, I don't know if that's just a quirk in the makeup of the tool there, but nevertheless, the markets are pricing in a slightly more aggressive uh, Fed than than what they were this time last week. And if we do get that hot number, another hot number out, perhaps like that's uh, what's what's proven to be a bit of a, a joke leak of the, the CPI release overnight, yeah, um, anything like that, I think that would uh, cause the cause the, the house to tip over. But anything anything hotter than that 8.8 and anything over core, uh, over 6% would be absolutely disastrous.
0: Yeah, we'll keep it close on that. We know the Fed's taking a close eye on the uh, the headline rate as well. So you get a nine handle on that year on year increase. And uh, I think you're right, uh, 100 basis point hike maybe on like Donkey Kong. Of course, no. That's focusing on near-term inflationary pressures. Where it actually ends up is uh, something that I still remain concerned about. Other than that, the Bank of Canada expected to uh, lock and load a 75 basis point hike. Uh, Very similar kind of economy to what we have here in Australia. So I'll be just to see what the BOC has to go and say later on this evening as well. But look, we'll have all that to go and chat about tomorrow on air. Thank heavens. Let's go and call it then. There'll be plenty to discuss. We'll see you on air at 8.30 tomorrow. Have a good night. You too. Go the Blues.